Hello and welcome to the Bishop's Office. I have a bit of a treat for you today, my first episode with a missionary currently serving, Elder Jarison Barnes and his uh, mission experience in the Russia-St. Petersburg mission. I've added to the notes of this episode Jarison's email address. Please send him a note to let him know that you've heard about his experiences and to just update him on what's happening with you and your family. But without further ado, here's my conversation with Elder Barnes. Well, it's great to catch up with you, Elder Barnes, today to talk a little bit about your conversion and your and your mission experience thus far. How are you? I'm doing good, considering I've been inside for the past 15 weeks. But yeah, really good. <laughs> well, your hair must be looking pretty good um, at the moment. Have you had a haircut in those 15 weeks? I got my first one this week. Uh, excellent. So you're looking a bit more like a missionary again, is that right? <laughs> I am. I was looking a bit like myself pre-mission before. <laughs> Yeah, good stuff. Well, um, we'll spend a bit of time together and, and touch on a, on a few different things. Um, but just for those who, who might be listening, um, why don't you um, remind us what mission you're serving? Yep. So I'm in the Russia St. Petersburg mission. And I, I guess I, I left on August 20th, 2019. So how long have you been out for now then? Just hit 10 months this week. Well, we'll get to, um, we'll get to Russia eventually. Um, but before we do that, why don't you tell us a little bit about your life before your mission? Have you always wanted to serve a mission? Yeah, so I, I've always known that I was going to serve a mission. I mean, I felt it was a, a priesthood duty and something that you know, my dad did and something that's kind of expected of me. Honestly, I wouldn't say I've always wanted to, though. Um, and it was only until recently before that I realized that this was going to be something that I could do to not only change others' lives, but my own. And so I guess I took that step and filled in my papers. But um, yeah, I've always, I've always known that I would serve. How did you come to that realization? I guess you talked about duty, but then you made this comment about understanding how a mission could bless your life. What, what happened to help you understand that? Well, I've, yeah, I looked up to a lot of guys um, growing up, I guess, people like James McCaffin and um, Oliver Robertson, and they all, they all went and served their missions before I did. And seeing them come home and how much they've grown and how much they've changed, they were all really good examples for me um, in the ward. Um, speaking on a bit of a bigger scale, I've got a really good mate um, over in California, and he was serving in, um, in El Salvador. And just after hearing some of his experiences with the people there and, um, yeah, seeing how much his missions affected him, I figured I'd better, better hop on one. And what was it about James and Ollie that you saw that was different in them after their missions? I remember just in specific listening to James's um, his homecoming talk, I guess, and just walking in on that, that Sunday and seeing him standing there. And he was a guy that I'd always, always looked up to in young men. He always... Um, you know, it seemed to keep his eye out for me. But just seeing the, just seeing and feeling the spirit when when he spoke was a um, big boost for me, I guess, and just kind of led to something that, that I wanted to have. How would you describe your testimony before serving a mission? I've I've always known that the church is true growing up in it, and I wouldn't say I've had any crazy big spiritual moments that have kind of boosted my testimony all at once. Um, not before the mission anyways, but definitely things that I had to work out for myself. But I've always, I've always known that the church is true and I've always felt joy living the gospel. And so that was something that 
I felt I needed to share. Um, well, you've shared a couple of experiences, I guess, and a few examples in your life um, prior to serving a mission. If, as you think back on your pre-mission life all 10 months ago, you know, were there other experiences that come to mind that led to you wanting to serve a mission? Um, yeah, so this might be a bit of an, an odd one, actually, but going, I guess it was home teaching, but ministering with my dad um, growing up, he probably doesn't know this, but I really, I really benefited from those visits with him. Just seeing the way that he would um, communicate with with members and less active members and develop real personal relationships with them, I just saw how much they trusted him, and um, I really, yeah, I really took a lot out of those those ministering visits with my dad. And so that's something I've tried to incorporate into my service here is it goes, the work goes a lot quicker when the people know that you love them. So how did your dad do that? What were the things that you learned from him during those times? I, I remember there was a lot of times where we had stuff we had to be doing. We had places to go and we'd get a call or we'd remember that we hadn't gone over. Um, and so we just, be like all right let's go tonight we'll go see him and so it was kind of the the prioritizing of serving others that i really i really saw in him tell me about receiving your mission call uh, a crazy day so the day i received my mission call i actually woke up to an email at about 4 a.m saying it was ready to be opened and i guess in that moment i had a decision to make and i decided to to save it for a bit later when the family would be around so yeah, I mean, we had some family over. Had remember Bishop was there and a couple of other friends and members. But yeah, reading those words, I don't think it really processed until a bit later that night. And I actually ended up getting really sick because I'd just been so anxious, <laughs> waiting to see where I was going. Mm. But yeah, what a what a great day. That's awesome. So, um, what did you think when you read those words, Saint Petersburg Mission? Uh, I actually had no idea where Saint Petersburg was. <laughs> um, <laughs> So I definitely knew where Russia was, but yeah, I had to look up St. Petersburg on a map. But I mean, I guess as soon as you read the words, you kind of just know that that's, that's where you're supposed to be. Now, yours isn't a traditional proselyting mission, is it? Um, explain to us what your call is and what type of work you do there in Russia. Yes. Yeah, so the, the laws here in Russia um, do not allow us to proselyte. And that goes for, for non-native volunteers well that's another thing we actually have to call ourselves volunteers um because we aren't allowed to preach but basically what we do is we're still still missionaries we still find and teach people but it's just a bit of a different way finding people i guess we um well when we're not in quarantine we used to hop on buses up on the metro and we'd actually split up in companionships we would never contact together um, just so it looks a bit less suspicious. <laughs> but what we do is we we break up and we just talk to people about all things except the church, pretty much. And we're allowed to tell people that we we are volunteers here, um, but that's about as far as it goes. And so I guess the objective would be to, to get the phone number and then set up a meeting where you can meet in a church building and we can freely talk in in the church building so that's where we get all the teaching done but yeah the, the finding aspect of it is a bit different okay so um if they i guess make the choice to come to the church building then you're able to to teach people the gospel but you can't go to their home you can't talk about the church um in sort of detailed terms out on the street is that sort of how it works exactly yeah 
Okay. So it's been, yeah, it's been a bit different now being in quarantine because we're doing all our teaching over, um, over, I guess, video chats and over the phone. Um, so we've had to kind of work our way around a couple of laws to make that happen, <laughs> but the work is still moving. Yeah, great. So what, what was your MTC experience like? Um, did you go to Provo? I did. I, yeah, I love the MTC. I was in there with a district of, of 10 missionaries. None of them actually go on to St. Petersburg. So I was the, the only one coming here out of that group. Mm-hmm. But I had, I had some awesome teachers and yeah, just the spirit that you feel in the MTC is something else. And I, yeah, I made some of my best friends in there. I mean, we're only in there for about nine weeks, but yeah, I got really close to some of the other missionaries and we're still in contact now. Mm, yeah, no, it's, um, it's amazing, isn't it? And I think that it's that spiritual high that sort of binds you to these individuals during that experience. So what should people know about Russia and the Russian people? Well, as far as the people go, they're about the same as Australians, maybe a bit colder and a bit meaner looking, but everyone's, everyone's the same inside. As far as the church goes, the Russian Orthodox Church has quite a strong hold on the, on the older generation. Everyone says they believe in it, but I don't think people really know what they mean when they say that. They kind of just grow up thinking that that's what you do, not really believing in anything. So it can be kind of hard getting people to open up to, to new ideas and the fact that maybe there is a bit more truth out there. Russian people as a whole are generally very eager to help. Um, and so I find that when I ask my questions, I, I like to ask people about the language. Um, this is when I'm, when I'm contacting people. Mm. And people are generally pretty, pretty eager to help out. Members are awesome. They make you feel like family. Very, very warm and loving. At first, they might not seem like it, but yeah, once you have a couple of mistakes with the language or whatever, make them laugh, they, they really warm up to you. <laughs> and, and how um, mature is the church in Russia? Are there stakes? Just, like, what's the story? So the church has been in Russia for 30 years, and it's, it's quite small. We have one stake here in St. Petersburg. Um, I believe there's another stake in Moscow, and then I think there's one more over in Yekaterinburg. Um, so the church isn't huge, but my first area I served in a, in a little branch. We had about 15 members, um, but now I'm in one of the more stronger wards in the city and we have about 80 here. Um, and so you have this wonderful experience in the MTC. Um, you jump on a plane and arrive in the mission field. How did you find adjusting to missionary life? Adjusting to Russia, I didn't have a problem at all, but adjusting to missionary life, it was a, a whole another story. <laughs> I think I just, I had no idea what a mission was um, before I came on one. And I don't think you can really have an idea unless you, unless you go out and serve one. But um, I had a great trainer, a missionary from England, his name's Elder Pantry. He really took me under his wing. And what I liked about the way that he trained me was he, he didn't baby me. He let me make mistakes. He let me um, kind of struggle a bit, whether that was with the language or whatever it might be. And then, you know, he'd help when I could see that I'd had enough. So I definitely, definitely learned a lot very quickly serving with Elder Pantry. And um, when you say you found adjusting to missionary life difficult, what were those things that you didn't know about and, that, and were hard? One of the things that I really struggled with at first was, was teaching. And I think that was because I'd let myself get so embarrassed with when I'd make mistakes with the language that I just 
did not like teaching because it meant I had to to speak Russian, which meant I had to make mistakes. But that was a that was not a good attitude, and I think that kind of got in the way of my my language abilities for a bit. But now I've realised that people don't don't mind if you do make mistakes, and so um, we got that sorted. But I think just the amount of the work that we were just actually doing. I knew it would be a lot of hard work, but I didn't realize, you know, it would be out on the streets all day, out in the, the snow or the rain or whatever it is, just, just trying to find people. And I guess that was just a bit of a, a bit of a shock for me. I think I've kind of cruised through life. <laughs> um, yeah. So getting out, out into the cold was a, probably yeah, the biggest thing for me. Has there been someone in your mission who has been really influential in framing the way that you, I guess, want to serve the type of missionary that you want to be? First person that comes to mind is actually my, one of my teachers in the MTC. Um, and her name was Sister Slight. And Sister Slight served in Kazakhstan, actually, about three years ago. And the stories that she told of, about her mission, I was like, those are the stories that, that I'm going to tell my kids someday. And just the, the dedication that, that she had, I I wrote her a big big long letter afterwards and said, you know, thanks for I guess for changing changing my mission right from the start. I wouldn't have been serving it the way the way I, I am if it wasn't for yeah for meeting you here in the MTC. So I was really grateful for her and her influence on me. I've definitely learned a lot from her. And so were there one or two things that you I guess committed to yourself as you entered to the mission field that you were gonna you know serve in a certain way. I remember one of the stories she told was one day she sat down with her companion and just said to her, like, how are we going to change Kazakhstan? And that is a huge, a huge task. Um, but I guess it kind of made me realize that I can have a really big impact here. And obviously that's not me. That's, that's me if I decide to, to depend on the Lord and, and do the work. So that was something I kind of took away was that I really can make a change here. The work does seem kind of slow sometimes, but that none of my efforts are wasted. So why not give it your all? Uh, what have you learned about the gospel's ability to change people's lives? Yeah, seeing it in others. I've, there was one man that I was working with back in, um, in my first area, and he was a very anxious man. He didn't really have a lot of confidence. But then when we, we started teaching him, and especially when we started teaching him about the gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ, that we saw some real changes in him. He felt like he had a purpose. He, he knew where he was going, and he was really searching. The word he kept using was enlightenment. So he was, he was happy to learn about the Spirit and how we can receive enlightenment and guidance from the Spirit. Um, and I guess that we're not in this life alone. So we saw a really big change in him, and he actually accepted an invitation to be baptized. So that was, in someone else, uh, probably the biggest change I've seen since being out. Have you had a particular experience that has really helped you to know that you're where you need to be? Yeah, so I think one, one experience in particular was, yeah, back again in my first area. And it was, it was with, with my trainer, without a pantry. And there was one morning where we woke up and we, we'd done our planning. Um, and during the planning, Elder Pentreath received a call, and it was from one of the members. And Elder Pentreath was having a bad week, as it was. But this member just started yelling at him through the phone for about 10 or 15 minutes. And he was kind of just in shock. And Elder Pentreath is a great missionary, but this man had decided to, to call him up and tell him that he wasn't doing such a great job. 
and it, it really affected other countries. And he <laughs> said some probably not very nice things about this member. But I, I just said to him, I was like, hey, let's cook up some brownies and let's just go take it to this man. You know, you've got to be the bigger man in this situation and just go and, go and help this member with whatever he's got going on in his life, which was an elder pantry's following law. But we went out and visited this member and they were able to, to make up. And it wasn't until a bit later that Elder Pantry really thanks me for, for helping him forgive that member. And I think that was just one of those moments where I think I was able to, to help my companion in particular, just to, yeah, to, to serve better. As you think about your mission thus far, are there some key spiritual experiences that you've had and what do you feel like they've taught you? Yeah, I guess uh, a really, really spiritual experience that I had back in the MTC again was I was having a, a pretty hard day and we went into class that night and we were, we were just learning Russian and I was just thinking about my mission and why I'd come out and for some reason at that point, I, I couldn't put my finger on it. And I don't know if it was the, the day I was having, but I, I basically came to the conclusion that I didn't know why I came out. And um, right as I, I came to that conclusion in my mind, my my teacher, Sister Slight, she, she stopped the lesson and she said, guys, I just want you to write down the reason that you came out to serve. And I was like, hold on, <laughs> why did she say that? That's exactly what I'm thinking about. Um, and so, you know, I was honest, I wrote down, I'm not sure like what I'm doing here. Like, I don't know why I'm needed here. And as soon as I took my pen off the page, the spirit brought to my remembrance uh, a passage from my patriarchal blessing. You know, and it says, the Lord is going to call you to do a lot of things in your life, basically. And I just, I just knew that at that moment, this was one of those things which the Lord has called me to do. And so I guess that really helped me understand that I was needed here. And then going to the following day, we had a, um, a devotional speakers come every week to the MTC and speak. And afterwards in the review, we were going around. And, uh, my district leader, he decided to, to ask us all to share the reason why we came out. And I was able to share that experience with the rest of my district, having it only happened, you know, 24 hours before. And as we all went around the room and shared, I, I felt the spirit like I've, I've never felt it before in my life. It was like electricity all the way from my head down to my toes. And I think, yeah, on that day, we really all saw um, each other's potential and just the good things that we were all going to do in our respective missions um, in, yeah, in the service of the Lord. So that was, that was a very spiritual experience for me, which yeah, helped me to know that I was needed here. As you look back on your mission so far, how has your relationship with the Saviour changed? I'd, I'd say my relationship has become a lot more honest with him. And what I mean by that is I've, I've focused a lot on being a lot more honest in my prayers and just communications with, um, with the Savior and my Heavenly Father, just about how I'm feeling, how I'm doing. Um, and, you know, if I'm having a bad day, I'll, you know, let him hear it. If I'm having a good day, I'll, you know, thank him. And I think I've, I definitely feel like I'm a friend with the Savior now that he's not just just someone that I, yeah, that I pray to or anything like that, that he's actually, I mean, he's in it with me, that he's done it before me. And so I think I really draw strength from those prayers I have. The ones that happen at the end of a bad day, I think I really, I draw from those and I, I feel a lot closer to, to the Savior when I can just be honest 
So you talk about these bad days, um, and we all have bad days, but um, have there been, I guess, hard times on your mission? And how have you got through those? How are you getting through those? One, one thing for me that helps me get through the most is just my personal study um, and my prayers. And you know, it's, it's seminary answers, but those things, they, they truly help. And I find that's when, when I feel the closest to, to the Savior is when I'm you know, nose down in the Book of Mormon or just pondering about what I've been reading that morning when I can have that, that quiet hour to myself just to think about my relationship with the Savior and about the work that I'm doing here. Um, what have you learned about the way that the Spirit communicates with you? So I found that the Spirit is it's kind of like a, a bowl of fruit salad in that there's, there's lots of different ways that I do feel the Spirit, whether that's a feeling in my heart or it's a thought. You know, when we're out contacting, maybe it's uh, telling me to get on, get on a certain bus. But I definitely feel it leading me, um, especially as we're out and about. And I think we, we have the promise, especially as missionaries, that this is the Lord's work. And so he's going to help us do it. We just have to stay, stay worthy and obedient. And as, as we do those things and as we you know, make the effort to, to hear him, um, especially through the spirit, we, we can definitely feel his hands guiding us in this work. Do you think you're different because of your missionary service? I do. And I think I have a lot more love for those around me, um, whether that's the people I'm serving or people back home or my companion. I, I wouldn't say I'm a selfish person, but the mission has definitely helped me to, to turn outwards and think about others first, which I think is something that's very important. What impact has your missionary service had on your family? I've definitely been able to see, um, see the fruits of my labours, I guess, back home, um, especially with my family. I think just being an example for, for my sisters and for my brothers, of, you know, that I know that the church is true and I know it well enough that I'm out here, I'm out here serving and teaching people about it. I think that they've been able to draw a lot of strength from that. And my mother, yeah, my mother and father, especially. And yeah, my mum, she's, she's an amazing woman and she's been a great example for me. Um, and so I've been able to, I've been able to go to her with, with everything, I guess, with my, with my issues, with, with the good days, with the bad days. Um, and she's really just been able to help me in knowing that, you know, this, this work is true. This church is true. And I guess, yeah, I've got 14 more months left to go to, to bless those around me. So hopefully that continues back home. Is there any other experience that you feel to share with us at this time? Anything at all? I guess, yeah, just one where I really, I really did see the, um, see the Lord guiding us was one night we, me and my companion, Elder Pentreath, we had gone out to contact and it was dark outside and I think it might have been snowing. But we'd, we'd gone to contact around the Kremlin, which is a big sort of fortress, I guess, on the side of the river down in Veliki Novgorod. And there was no one around. Um, and so we, we walked through the Kremlin out onto the riverside and we saw a man and he was, he was hanging on like a pull-up bar. He wasn't doing any pull-ups, but he was kind of just hanging there. And we thought it was a bit odd. And we joked about talking to him. And we're like, well, you know, there's no one else to talk to. So let's, let's just do it. And so we went down and we talked to him. And we got his number. And, and that was about it. Um, and so fast forward about 30 minutes. And we run into the sky again out on the other side of the Kremlin. And so we started talking a bit more. And we realized he was from Moscow. And he was actually walking to the, um, 
the train station to go catch the, the train back to Moscow that night. Um, and so we, we decided we'd walk with him. And as, as we were walking, he was telling us about his life, how he'd, he'd come to visit a lady and she ended up married to another man, I think, and so kind of broke his heart. And he was just telling us about his life and everything that was going wrong with it. And I mean, we, we just started testifying to him as we were walking along. And we, yeah, we truly felt the spirit then. And we were able to, to pass this man's details over to the Moscow mission. And I believe that he's been taught by the missionary since. But he was someone that we just knew straight away that he was ready to, to receive the gospel. Um, maybe to close, would you mind sharing with us your testimony? I know that the, the Savior loves each and every one of us and that he knows us by name. I know that he is aware of our struggles, whether that's his missionaries or the people that we're out teaching. I know that he wants all of us to be happy and that uh, Heavenly Father, he has a plan for us. Um, sometimes, and most of the time, actually, it's not the plans that we originally have, but I know that he loves us perfectly. So if we just trust him and put our lives into his hands, he will lead us and guide us to where we can be the happiest. I know that Joseph Smith was a man of God. He was an imperfect man, but he was called to, to do a perfect work. And that's the way that the Lord works is through imperfect servants. I know that the Book of Mormon is true. I've, I've read it and I haven't received a, a strong witness of its truthfulness, but as I've felt the spirit over, the, over my life as I've read it, I've realized that each time I did feel the spirit, that was its own witness. So I, I know that the Book of Mormon is true. I know that the church is led today by, by a living prophet, President Russell M. Nelson, and that he carries the keys to, to carry the work forth on this earth. Um, and I know that the gathering of Israel is the most important thing that we can be doing, whether that's out in the mission or in our own homes. Um, and I say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Elder Barnes. It's been great catching up with you and hearing about your mission thus far. And um, I guess we'll have to wait probably to your homecoming talk to hear about the uh, back half of your mission. But it's been um, great to hear already how much um, your mission is blessing your life and the lives of those around you. Thanks for taking the time. Well, thanks for the opportunity. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Alda Barnes. So great to hear his voice and hear about the uh, wonderful experiences that he's having on his mission. That's all I have for you today. Until next time, on The Bishop's Office. <laughs>